stumbled into an alternate version of Jacob's Ladder. <laughs> he grows older and gets into vinyl. Hello and welcome. It is Christmas. It's the AV Forums podcast and we're all excited. So uh, joining us this evening, Ed Selly. It ain't cool being no jive turkey so close to Thanksgiving. Also here, Mark Hodgkinson. Those men wanted to have sex with me. And Mark Borright. A karate man bruises on the inside. And finally, the man of the hour, Steve Withers. Sounds to me like you guys are a bunch of bookies. So it's uh, it's Christmas time. You're a scumbag, you're a faggot, you cheap little... What is it again? I don't know. Scumbag, you that could have been the intro for all of us. There, <laughs> well, that's what I was thinking, but there's actually the four of you, so it doesn't work. There's only three insults in that line. <laughs> okay, so, uh, Mr. Withers, what are you drinking this evening, and what are you eating? Uh, I've got another nice bottle of Cote de Rome, courtesy of the co-op, actually. <laughs> uh, but it's very, very good, drinking that. And um, I've got some mince pies. Okay, and uh, Mr. Botwright? Um, a cheeky homemade wine. Or <laughs> homemade drain cleaner, depending on how you view it, um, and a, a Christmassy, typical English uh, chicken korma. <laughs> it beats my spag, spag bowl. Uh, Hodge, what you got? I've got a rather nice Singer beer, just about to finish that, and then I shall be tucking into an Australian Shiraz. I think the whole world now knows what Mr. Selly has, because he's tweeted it a few times, and uh, there's, there's all sorts of things that you're signing yourself up to here. Uh, yeah. What is it that you have this evening? Well, I'm most of the way through the uh, Delirium Christmas beer from Belgium. Uh, 10%. So, yeah, that's that's got a certain certain liveliness. I should say quoi. Yeah, a certain I don't know what. Um, and then uh, I'm going to move on to the festive Christmas porter. It's got a Santa Claus on the front, which is always a benchmark of quality. Uh, and then if I can still speak and see, uh, there's a 12 days uh, from the Hook Norton Brewery just up the road from me. Um, and I'm not eating anything because, as we all know, eating is cheating. Um, and, yeah. I'm, I'm sure I might ingest food if I can successfully make it downstairs without dying later on. So, yeah, it'll be fine. <laughs> okay. Uh, so we're, we're lining ourselves up for a fantastic podcast this evening. Stand by to be entertained. Or am I over, uh, overselling this, I think? I have no idea. It's, we, we have no idea how these things are <laughs> going to go. Always under-promise and then over-deliver. Yeah, that, 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 yeah, that's the way I live my life. So, so um, it's going to be a shit podcast. <laughs> and if it turns out to be a half <laughs> media. that's the result. <laughs> Uh, if we somehow yeah. break the trend of the previous 52. Then... <laughs> you cynical bastard. We've produced some diamond moments. Admittedly, most of them were unpublishable, but we have, we have some cracking. <laughs> well, you know, normally for a Christmas podcast, what I'd do is I'd go away and have a look in the archives and uh, pick out some of the bits that where we make mistakes and all the rest of it. Uh, but actually, I just leave them in the podcast these days. So. <laughs> And all, and like you say, all the stuff that's on the cutting room floor is stuff that we could never publish. Uh, what I've noticed being... you actually do, Phil, is you never cut out my cock-ups, but you always cut out yours. Even when I repeat something in order to give you an edit point to remove the mistake, you deliberately leave it in, which is really f***ing annoying. Yeah, but then I've got the power of the edit, so there you go. Merry Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> Merry New Year. Uh, right, bef- before we podcast, uh, before we go any further and it descends into chaos, the uh, 14th of January, um, which is after CES, that, that'll be the next podcast. Uh, we've decided that ahead of time. This is the last one for the year, last one for uh, the Christmas period. And uh, right, Sony leak. 
Um, this was interesting, Steve, and uh, you wanted to bring it up for for what reason? Because Steve's the person that hacked them. It was not me. Please don't think that. Yeah, well, um, you, you have trouble switching a computer on. Never mind hacking yeah, it. Yeah, I couldn't hack my way. You know, you would be a great sleeper for North Korea, though. That would be awesome. Yeah, if we've <laughs> gone this far, Steve Willis, former former. How many you know, decades of deep it. cover to, to <laughs> finally just hack Sony's computer? Committed communist, <laughs> not only a communist, an actual Marxist-Leninist. That'd be fantastic. Well, anyway, <clears throat> back to Ed, Bill's question. Ed mentioned it at last week's podcast, and I hadn't at that point actually read any of the details, which have obviously been widely reported now in, in just about every media outlet I can think of. Some of it, I obviously, you know, there's a lot of stuff, you know, that shouldn't have been published, things like people's personal information, their social security numbers, their salaries, that kind of stuff. But a lot of it, interesting insight into the way that the studios run, because obviously the main target of this hack isn't necessarily Sony Japan, but Sony, Sony Studios. And the reason for the hack, it would appear to be, is that the release of their new film, The Interview, Seth Rogen and James Franco, is about them going to interview and assassinate the leader of North Korea. And so the suggestion is that North Korea is behind the hack. And then even more worryingly and, and quite outrageously today, there's been you know, reports of it, people claiming they're going to blow up um, the premiere and any cinema that's showing it in the States. So it's, it's pretty, it's taken a very, it's taken a turn for the nasty. But certainly some of the information released was quite true. I mean, obviously everyone's had a really good laugh at some of the comments they made about Adam Sandler movies. I think that's fair enough. I think we all knew that they were f-ing shit. I think I was just surprised that Sony weren't even making any money from them. So why bother making them? Um, but one thing that I did come up that I thought was interesting, there were some comments in an email about um, um, media, you know, film delivery, basically. Uh, and Sony themselves were, you know, basically saying they want to push down downloading and streaming as the, as the way forward and that Blu-ray was essentially dead. They didn't even, didn't even mention 4K, so you can forget about that. But um, this is this, this is the company that, you know, developed Blu-ray. I know that the BDA involves more than one company, but this is the company that developed it. This is the company that bought a studio in order to have software to release on their various formats. And even they don't seem to have any faith in it anymore. So because um, interestingly, I was uh, I was collaborating a, a guy's Sony TV last week. Uh, one of the new curved ones, Mark, huh? uh, which was quite good. Uh, easy easy money, if I may say so. Uh, yes. Hope <laughs> oh, you gave him a discount, did you? <laughs> no. <laughs> I had to go all the way to Hereford. It was bloody miles. Um, yeah, a great picture, actually, and, and very, very accurate, even out of the box. I was quite impressed. Um, not as good as the 9005, but then it doesn't have the massive uh, speakers, and it looked quite nice. Warm out, I have to say, for a curved TV. I was very impressed. Anyway, he had the... Uh, media drive that they've been giving to people who buy their TVs right. with 10, um, 10 4K movies on the drive, although you could only select five. And after two months or something like that, you can't watch them anymore. It's like, great. That's the future we've got to look forward to, getting royally f***ed on a regular basis. Right. Uh, warning, that's three f***s now. That's enough. Have I said too many f***s? Yes. Oh, then again. Swear box is looking half. <laughs> Four f***s on this podcast. Um, getting royally screwed on a regular basis then. How about that? I thought I also, strangely, watching some of the stuff, didn't look particularly good. I did have to explain to the guy that 55-inch, 4K 55-inch TV isn't going to be mind-blowing because it's relatively small, you know, given the amount of um, pixels you're looking at. And um, well, although, depends, uh, depends where you're sitting. I mean, yeah, sitting. I was sat right next to it, <laughs> and I was still thinking, mm, it's not blowing me up. Um, although I must say, Ghostbusters look pretty impressive because I've never seen that in 4K before. Anyway, so there you go. Um, maybe, uh, maybe even though that we might see something about 4K Blu-ray at CES in a couple of weeks' time, um, I wouldn't necessarily hold your breath for there being loads of software out there for, to watch on it. Well, I wasn't anyway. Only you were. Sorry, I need to bring this up again. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone else is just just like going too, yeah. too late. It's it's definitely going the streaming way. That's the way it's going to go. And even um, you realise that, Steve, don't you? Really deep deep down. 
Even before this Sony stuff, you knew that. <laughs> well, I suspected, yes. But, you know, face I still fears. face up to it, man. I don't, I, I like having discs. Come on, Chris. You like having dicks? Discs. <laughs> you know, it's, it's nice to own a disc in its box and, and have it to watch whenever you want to and not be at the mercy of, of you know, the studio's yeah, but capricious Steve, nature. But Steve, you, you're now an old man. This, My I dinosaur, hate, am I? Yeah, I hate to yeah. break it to you. This Theodore is turning Rex. into an intervention. Steve, <laughs> <laughs> you need to let it go. Yeah, 4K Blu-ray is it's just not going to happen, mate. Sorry. You need you need to find something else to, to pin your hopes to for your future. In comes Ed with vinyl. <laughs> or pussycats. Yeah. Um, kids, it's not too late. <laughs> I've cracked open the uh, festive Christmas porter from the uh, Burton Bridge Beers Brewery. I don't want to say that too quickly too many times. And uh, it's jolly nice. Uh, it's what Guinness wishes it could be. But can't be, you know, because if you know, it has to be like safe and certified and shit. <laughs> yeah, but at least you're not going to go blind drinking this. I don't think I'm going to go blind drinking this. It's just, just got, a, it's just got a sort of natural taste to it that, you know, stuff that the industrial, the industrial brew stuff just can't do anymore. He's gone. He's gone. <laughs> Delirium's got him. There's yeah. a smell of Christmas. I think someone Christmas. suggested this should be our first video podcast. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that would be scary. I just wanted to appear on Rude Tube. I know, but I would have loved to have seen the edit points in that. <laughs> It'd have been about three minutes long. <laughs> Did anybody else follow the Sony hack apart from me? I've yeah. read bits and bobs, yeah. I thought, I mean, it, it was interesting that, that, should we say, the more damaging thing for Sony wasn't the fact that there were there were movies out there. There wasn't the fact that, you know, the, it seems to be quite damaging from a kind of an artistic point of view. They are meddling with the way that people make films. But that it was the payroll information that might actually land them in the hottest water. It's the huge, it's any, any company that lost that information... It's I, not just I, losing I'm the information. To... It's it's the the suits that might be brought against them for discrimination. I don't think that there are many companies out there that would not be in the same position were their information to be made public. Why is it always Sony though? I mean, they're always getting hacked, aren't they? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. they need to yeah. work with their firewalls. They really do. There is that, that there is that lingering thought that North Korea have just jumped on this and claimed responsibility. Oh, there's the next thing. It's very convenient, though, isn't it? It's like a fluky free kick that's gone into the top corner and they've said, no, we meant that. That was us. (laughs) Don't you think this would make a better movie? The story behind it would make a better movie than the movie. Probably in that. Yeah, the interview sounds rubbish, actually. (laughs) That's a stupid idea for a film. (laughs) Seeing a bit of the death sequence, though, it does look quite good. (laughs) I can see... Has anyone seen, like, the clip of... You, you I know, thought that we couldn't see it because uh, the world would end. Well, <laughs> you know, you've got to say that this is a market and masterstroke for Sony. Um, I yeah. mean, how many people were going to go and see the interview before all this happened? Probably not a lot. How many are going to demand to want to go and see it now? I'm not going to go and see it. Someone might blow the cinema up. Oh, give over what, you. Is that, how, is that how you're going to, <laughs> how you're going to live your life, Steve? I just love the back and forth about Sam Son the movies. It was so funny. Yeah, <laughs> why do I mean, we keep uh, making these awful movies? And we don't even make any money out of them. <laughs> uh, I, I like, guess... It's like if you just worked that out, Sonny, because I could have told you that twenty years ago. <laughs> it's sad, but that will be the tagline on the next Adam Sandler film. We made that's some the best quote they making... could get. <laughs> why do we keep making Adam Sandler? Movies? Yeah, <laughs> we don't... They, they were moaning about there was apparently something for stuff was the um, emails where they were t- discussing the possibility of giving Spider-Man back to Marvel. 
because they'd cut that one up as well. Or at least doing um, maybe giving Marvel the right to use Spider-Man in a Marvel movie, uh, which I think everyone would love to see. Love Marvel to take Spider-Man back and do like a decent Spider-Man job with it. Well, this might just be because he hasn't been done very well so far. He's no, I just go think actually the comics as well. You know, I just it just you know, same when Superman is dull. Peter Parker is just he just needs a good slapping. Really, he's just fundamentally not an endearing or relatable character. Just a twat. Thank you, Ed. Yeah, you're welcome. Merry Christmas. Um, I, no- I noticed The Verge are reporting that, uh, certainly in the US, theatre owners uh, do not have to show it. Uh, so Sony are telling theatre chains that they-, they won't object to them withdrawing the film on safety grounds. Mm. Really? Uh, and then they're calling for... I, just, I, just, I, just, I love the way the MPAA... I think it was the MPAA rather than Sony, actually, Phil, who then said, you know, if you report any of this stuff, you'll get sued. Um, can anyone else here say horse... Bolted. It's just like a bit late now, mate. It really is a bit late. Yeah. Although there's, there seems to be a lot of, uh, certainly on Twitter, uh, a lot of people with the hashtag get it online or see it online, uh, urging Sony to release the interview online right now um, because not even North Korea can stop the internet. It's basically the time. Blow up the internet. Try. Well, it didn't break under under attack from Kim, Kim Kardashian's ass. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, there's something in that. Maybe North Korea set up Kim Kardashian's ass. Yeah, this is a, a very this is a very deep rabbit hole we're about to go down. <laughs> well, they may as well claim they're they're very deep. And we're not talking about Kim Kardashian's ass. Boom, boom. <laughs> uh, right, so that's a Sony leak. And... So Merry Christmas, Sony. <laughs> I'm going to say, you know, there's no such thing as bad publicity. Um, you know, like we were saying, it's... Uh, it's uh, something that's got to work in their favour. It's got to. It's the kind of thing where, you know, it's, it's almost perfect to set it up for here's the uncensored version. Because there aren't many films now where, you know, you, you get much of a buzz around something being uncut. But this is a scene that, you know, a lot of people would now be quite interested in. Well, so, yeah. I mean, look at, look at The Exorcist, all right? There was no yeah. interest in that. And, but there was a very, very clever PR man who said that there was people coming out of the cinema being sick and thinking that they were possessed and all the rest of it and people fainting and they had to call ambulances into the premiere and stuff like that. You know, it was all utter bollocks. But that's like the amount of films that get lumped in as, as video nasties or were claimed to be banned and the amount that actually were exactly is minuscule yeah. in comparison. And and the ones that were actually good, even smaller. But uh, people you know, people still want you to see them. You know how you see those Blu-rays get released where it's like the version they wouldn't let you see? Well, now <laughs> they can do the interview, the version they, brackets, North Korea, close brackets, <laughs> wouldn't let you see. I mean, uh, you know, it, it doesn't say much for... The American security services, if they're panicking about North Korea being able to carry out the threats on U.S. soil, I mean, come on. How far can they fire a potato? Yeah, but then there may be loads of sleepers out there like Withers. So, you know, they've got to be careful. People living superficially normal lives who are fully paid up. Send them into the banking industry. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, well, we destroyed the banking. Yeah, Yeah, well, absolutely. That's a good point. That was all part of the plan. Christ. I knew exactly what I was doing. <laughs> Which is the first time in history. I was only pretending to be a clueless, coked-up idiot. <laughs> Bloody good at it, I bet. <laughs> Outstanding. <laughs> it was a sh- extremely good act. Method acting. Yeah. You <laughs> should get the Oscar Quite, for that yeah. one. Uh, right, so we're back for uh, some hardware news. And is Hi-Fi making a comeback? Well, Ed would probably argue that it's never gone away. Um, bloody right, I'll argue that. Sorry? You're bloody right, I'll argue that. It never <laughs> went away. 
you know, certain people lost the faith and they're realising that they were wrong. Yeah, I mean, there's things here saying everyday household essentials, people spend £201 a year on toiletries. Really? As little as that? Must be some um, smelly people around. Does um, toiletries include toilet paper? No. I've always wanted to know. No. no. All right, fair enough. Um, but anyway, there was a report came out this week saying mu- mu- <laughs> I haven't even been drinking. Music lovers spend almost as much on home audio equipment, an average of £172 per year, as they do on everyday household essentials such as toiletries, kitchen, cleaning products, household care, where they spend £201 a year on average. Um, the 2014 audio Christmas wish, wish list is home cinema systems. You're not going to get that for 172 quid. Well, you um, probably can. Well, e buyer, no worries. Maybe. Uh, Bluetooth wireless month, speakers, though, isn't it? So that's no, it's one hundred and seventy-two pounds per year. If you, yes, if you read your bit of text that you put. I'm spending two hundred pound a month on toiletries. I see drinking them. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> I spend considerably more on both. I have to say. What? Well, aren't you fucking fragrant? I knew this was gonna gonna be a mistake. <laughs> Right. So anyway, Ed, it seems to be that people are spending more on home audio equipment. This is what the the, the point of the, this whole report was, that noise-cancelling headphones, wireless headphones, home cinema and Bluetooth wireless speakers, they're all more popular this year than they've ever been. There's more people buying them. And, uh, well, we've been reviewing them, so there must be people interested in it. Yeah. And um, basically, um, there was a period of time where uh, there was a degree of uncertainty about what audio equipment you know what what sort of form and what functions it was going to do and how much you were supposed to pay for it but you know we've got new categories have both emerged and now they make you know they're, they're kind of fixed we, we've seen you know we see bluetooth speakers at, at certain points we see soundbars at certain points and then we see all these you know clever sonos rivals again at, at given at given price increments and ultimately people now feel comfortable with some of these you know basically product categories that didn't exist five years ago let alone 10 they know where they stand now they know what they want they know that they are storing their music and using their music in different ways and yeah I, i think after a period of being a bit unclear about what they want their home audio to do it's now there's lots of choice lots of flexibility and yeah um it's i don't think it's enormously surprising i do find it quite heartening um equally quite realistically i don't know how many of these people are going to move into the the, you know the the full initiate lunacy sort of level that i i I like to inhabit but it it's it's a case of now you can buy something in a large chances are it's not going to be rendered obsolete overnight um it's going to function perform in a way that you're familiar with it's going to interact nicely with the other other devices and yeah i i think it's it's good news but it there are good solid reasons for why it's happening now yeah and one of those reasons steve is so you can have um house parties and have music in the background yeah Din- dinner parties sorry Din- dinner, dinner, dinner parties, parties yes. yeah sorry i'll get the terminology right yeah yes, dinner party or any social event where you could then have music you could have music um fed to every room in the house if you wanted to, I mean, we've we've reviewed quite a few uh, wireless systems this year. Yeah, uh, but and, I, you know, I live on my own. I only sit in one room at a time. Yeah, right. Not for you, possibly then. But, uh, well, no, but you could have music in the bedroom and in the lounge and in the kitchen, couldn't you? If you wanted to, even you, even you, 
doesn't have to be um, or, doesn't or, have or to I, be restricted you know, because we're one person or I could just turn up the the Genelex in the subwoofer in the living room and still hear it in the other rooms that's yeah, another option obviously if you don't want to offend it in your neighbours I don't, that, I don't that have any neighbours that costs more than 172 pounds a year doesn't it yeah but you can add a few years together can't you well I I, I would hope that that's what's happening um, I mean <coughs> excuse me I'm just inhaling my porter um, the <laughs> sorry <laughs> <laughs> that's not supposed not, to snort it you're supposed to drink it, it. um it, it, if you're looking at the, I mean, if you look at the price of um, not just Sonos, um, but if you look at some of the systems that Mark, in particular, Mister Mister Hoskins, has been reviewing the, uh, the the Samsung alternatives, the LG systems and the like, um, you know, obviously they they come in, they're under a grand. I'm getting a Philips one in tomorrow, which would, you could do five rooms for. Jesus, you you did something other than Samsung. He's no, run out. He, Mark has yeah. actually reviewed have, everything that Samsung make and some <laughs> things that they don't. Yeah, well, I'm, yeah. I'm from South Korea. I'm a, ca- I'm a counter-terrorist, Steve. Um, yeah, I'm getting a Philips one in. And you could do five rooms for about four hundred quid. Tomorrow. So yeah, I mean these things are. I mean that that's where the, the, the that's where the growth is. I mean I'm not going to pretend for a second that it's, you know, we've seen some you know amazing and, and quite pleasing numbers about vinyl, but you know I'm a realist. That's that's a that's a mad person's interest in the corner of things. But people are realistically seeing stuff in store and online which fulfills roles that they want at prices they're happy with and they're confident that it's going to keep. That the, the way that it does it is not going to be rendered obsolete overnight, and those three things combine, and people start spending money again. It's ironic because that's exactly what's not happening in home cinema, and that's where where the problems start. Ultimately, we see a slowdown in um, AV receivers and the like because they're offering functions that people don't need. There's uncertainty over you know format stuff. It, it, it is Atmos going to matter? All these things and. Um, and then also it comes in at price points that, you know, your average Joe public goes, mm, do you mind if I don't? I'll, I'll spend that on something else. So you, 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 it's, there's a degree of uncertainty about AV equipment that is now that used to be present with two channel equipment where, you know, it was unclear about how, how we were going to handle things after CD and, and what we were going to do and, and stuff like that. That's all, but all those questions are basically answered. It's all pretty logical. Um, and, as a result, you're seeing sales go up, and I don't think that's a coincidence. And um, but don't get me wrong, uh, the job for two-channel manufacturers is easier than it is trying to do the same thing, retaining some of the benchmarks of performance that a, a full-fat multi-channel system can do. But um, the other thing is that um, the two-channel market has seen a shake, a real kick up the ass by the intervention of Apple. However, wittingly or unwittingly, the iPod onwards and then iPads as control interfaces and things like that. it just took the audio industry in, in directions it had no intention of going without outside intervention, but it, 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 it to its credit, responded reasonably quickly. And then completely on the other side of that, you've then got the sort of retro cool factor of um, it's not as geeky as it was perhaps a couple of years ago to have a full conventional audio system. It's sort of reverted back, especially if it's fronted by a turntable. They go, oh, that's not necessarily what I'd want to do. But people sort of appreciate it 
on a on, possibly on an ironic level, possibly on a kitsch level, but nonetheless it's being appreciated. Whereas if you've just got a room full of you know, you know, with the greatest of respect to your your Genelex, I know they sound bloody marvellous, Phil, but there's still a sort of industrial brutality to them, which is not necessarily going to be everyone's cup yeah, of tea. Yeah, but there's only me. You know what I mean? I'm not trying to impress anybody. So they do no, I, absolutely. Thing. But equally, for those of us who have, you know, you know, have to have to balance the other requirements of, you know, children, wives, well, and, and so your, on and so forth. That's your problem. Your choices. Well, no, Life you're choices, absolutely you know right. What I mean? But it's a problem that we have to deal with nonetheless. <laughs> moan, moan, bloody moan. It's, uh, you made the choices. Live it. I own them with it. It's fine. I can do whatever I want, whenever I want. I'm not lonely at all. <laughs> Phil? Phil? Where are you, Phil? Calling out to our listeners, spend time with the Navy enthusiast at Christmas. <laughs> they just want so to talk. By the issues. Spend just you affected by any of the issues that mentioned this podcast? Of, Don't call us. Speakers. <laughs> uh, Can I just say this may be our bleakest effort yet? <laughs> what happened to this? This is a Christmas podcast. We haven't talked about Christmas for the last ten minutes. This is all like copying myself. <laughs> right. Um, are, are we going to have a pee break at this point? Seeing as everybody's drinking. Uh, no, I'm doing all right. If you break the seal, then exactly. all hell breaks loose. All right. Okay. Yeah. So, so you want me to carry on here? <laughs> well, I've got break most of mid twelve days. I'll need more beer at the rate we're not doing this. But yeah. <laughs> Right, okay, so let's move things on. Uh, we've got some articles, some buyer's guides and stuff coming up for Christmas, thank God. Um, maybe a bit late. Christmas bargains under 50 quid and under a, a £100 mark. Um, if you are leaving things a bit late, uh, but not late enough that you're going to the late night uh, petrol station to buy your <laughs> presents. To the, to the... <laughs> it's plenty of time. Yeah, there's plenty of time. Friday. Club and a family sized bag of coal. <laughs> <laughs> I saw this and thought of you. <laughs> They're all, they're all available on the... Are you come to me now? Or, uh, yeah, yeah. I've, I've got to say, though, that filling stations, the gift-wise, they're a lot better than they were five years ago. Speaking from experience. With a level of bitter experience. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, I don't think you can get any of these at a gift station. Uh, a gift station? A pretzel station that I know of. Um, yeah, five gift ideas under 50 quid, or a.k.a. the five products we've reviewed this year under 50 quid. Um <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about that. Well, it's pretty much the truth. But although, having said that, four of them are quite good. Um, we've got uh, the Roku streaming stick, which is a media play. I'm sure. I'm sure regular listeners will know it. It does things like Netflix and Now TV and YouTube and Google Play and uh, all the streaming services. Basically, it's probably the most comprehensive um, platform out there, barring the Samsung smart TVs. You can have that for fifty quid. Very nice. Something that uh, Ed reviewed. Uh, so I stole some of his text, which was the Shure SE double one two or one one twelve earphones. Ed, yeah, they are genuinely excellent. Uh, if you are, if if fifty quid's your upper limit, you cannot do better than them. They are really, really, and it just in it's stupidly good. Um, go. And yeah, uh, I mean, don't get me wrong. One of those things. It's if you you buy them for someone else, they'll unwrap them. They're just like battleship grey, and I know oh, you bought me a pair of grey. Get them to listen to them; they will love you. They are just really, really unreasonably good for forty six quid. And you I can say find them a bit less. Around to the idea of um, 
to it in ears. I've, I've tried out a few, and, and, and it's, I can live with it, actually. It's quite nice having that complete seal from the outside world. So, Oh, yeah, if you can budget an extra, what's it, 16 quid, and get the, the big foam bungs. Yeah, the Christmas tree bungs that, did, that you mentioned. And they're not Christmas trees. Literally, it's just a foam cylinder, like a tiny gladiator pugil stick. Oh, yeah. um, it's the most, it doesn't look like the most prepossessing thing to stuck into your ear. I can assure you of that. But there is literally no better seal out there. If you look at f- performers on stage uh, and the rest of it, though some some people use custom ear molds, but quite a few of them are using higher up the shore food tr- food chain than the, the one one two. But they're just using them with the foam bung, and it works a treat. There we go. Really, really effective. But do please pay attention if you are using them in a public place, because if you are walking around with traffic, cyclists. Um, forklift trucks you are at risk so please be careful i'm just that's my my christmas don't drink and drive me- i mean obviously i'm, I'm drinking so that's irrelevant i'll, I'll, but... I'll just buy someone uh, for you want you want dead so you, that, that's, that's, another idea. that's another option yeah yeah uh, so... and then we've got um, something that greg reviewed which was the netgear n300 travel router and range extender which is just a, a wi-fi extender it costs about 27 quid i think it was and you can also use it as a router when you're you're on your travels for any Wi-Fi reception in the hotel. He said it was all right. for that quote then, can't they? Can we use it that quote? Right. It got it's seven out of ten. Right. Yeah, that's positive. And then there's a very unassuming looking uh, portable speaker from Toshiba, which is a TYSB3. I think you can pick that up for 35 quid. And it's actually, speaking from experience, pretty good. It, it dialogues quite nice and uh, it's clear, never distorts. Bluetooth is reliable. You know, it doesn't look much, but it, it sounds quite all right. Uh, and then the Now TV box, which is in a ses- essence um, the Roku platform shrunk down um, and promoting Sky's Now TV non-subscription service um and you can pick that one for a tenner and you get an hdmi cable in the box so that pays for itself pretty much uh, so that's your gifts under 50 quid and gifts are under 100 we'll go back to the roku again uh roku platform again which is the roku 3 which has all the same services as the streaming stick but it is incredibly quick it, it provides probably the best experience for iPlayer, Netflix, and Now TV that I've used. Uh, it's also got a USB port for media playback, Wi-Fi, um, remote. Uh, it's it's just a fabulous little box and has virtually everything you could want, um, streaming-wise. Um, over to Ed again. This is a bit of a pattern here, isn't it? Um, Final Heaven 2, Ed? Yeah, uh, stupid name, great earphone. Uh, they are, as best as I can work out, the cheapest armature-based earphone that I've certainly I've reviewed, certainly I've found the only pair of under £100 that use armatures. Now, that means that going back to what we're saying about having a decent seal in your ear, you absolutely need that. Otherwise, they you just won't get what they're about. But if you get a proper seal, um, just the detail, the speed and the sensitivity that they that they have over di- conventional like dynamic drivers, so like tiny, normal driver earphones just untouchable um they are pretty much oh god at least 80 percent as good as the the heaven four which is nearly 200 quid and now that admittedly that comes in like a cigarette tin which is pretty cool but a bit pointless um so yeah for 90 quid you you really you can't do much better than that for, for, for earphones if you can provided that you aren't one of those people that then needs to make calls and annoy people on the train and have a microphone on the cord you, you can't do better than, than, than the heaven too 
Oh, sorry, I just realised I missed the opportunity to make to say make someone's Christmas dreams come true for the Rocky Three. Anyway, sorry about that. Uh, oh, then we've got the geez. Samsung BDH6500 Blu-ray player, which is available for under 100 quid. It, when I reviewed it, it was about 150, and worth the money then. Uh, which you know, it's a Blu-ray player um, that does the job exactly as you expect. Um, 3D capable, <laughs> great scaling, and also arguably you could just buy it as a media streaming box, given the amount of um, Samsung smart TV services. So it's all the catch-up players, all the video on-demand players that um, that Roku has, bar Now TV. Uh, it's quite an operation. Yeah, it's great, great little thing. All you could need for uh, less than 100 quid. Um, then there was a, a wireless speaker, which was kind of our message um, for what we were talking about previously, which is the Bayon, Bayan sorry, Audio Soundbook Go. Um, just, yeah, it's an, eight, an 80 quid wireless speaker. Looks great, easy to use, Bluetooth is reliable. Sounds really nice uh, for less than 80 quid. And then we come to the Amazon Fire TV, which is essentially um, quite similar to the Roku, um, but more heavily geared towards Amazon Prime Instant Video. Uh, so basically the whole user interface is, is pushing their content. Um, but there is Netflix and YouTube and iPlayer and, and all that stuff too. Um, but it, it's kind of like this one's a bit more, a bit more techy. You can sideload Android apps and have X, XBMC, Kodi running on it, Firefox browsers, game emulators. It also does native Android games as well, and there's a games controller with it, like a micro console idea. And, it, and it's a, nifty, a very nifty little device for around £80. Fun fact during that segment, I took a drink every time that Mark said the word Roku, and I've now gone blind. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sponsored by Roku, but my mum's getting a Rocky 3 for Christmas, so it shows you how to do it. <laughs> Rocking with the Roku. I, pr- I mispronounce it every time. You're actually supposed to say Roku. I can't, I can't bring myself to say Roku. It's Roku. Okay, we're going to do best products. Right, best TV of the year, Steve, was? I am going to go for the Sony X9005. Okay, and uh, Mark? What, my best TV this year? Yeah. Uh, it ought to be a Samsung. <laughs> 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 so let's go otherwise, for Otherwise your handler will kill you. Uh, yeah. Let's go for the HU7500, which was a flat 4K TV uh, at a great price. Look great. Brilliant. Okay. Uh, projectors, um, I'm guessing it's going to be the uh, the VW500 here, Steve, or maybe even the 300. Uh, yes, VW300. Projects with you. Uh, you're paying attention here. What? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, okay, moving on to AVRs. Uh, Steve, your favourite AVR of the year was? Anthem MRX 710. Okay, and uh, Ed? It's the Yamaha 3040. Um, now, you could be cynical and say it's the only AV receiver I reviewed this year, except that <laughs> it's not, because I also reviewed, uh, no, I also reviewed uh, the Pioneer earlier on, and obviously, as, as a scummy free agent, I have been looking at AV receivers for other people and other things. The 3040 is literally a viceless product. Genuinely excellent. Sounds amazing. Looks perfectly inoffensive. Beautifully built. And it's a joy to live with day to day. What more could you ask for? Okay, let's move on to Blu-ray players. Um, Hodge, what did you think? Uh, the one I just said, Samsung BDH6. It would be a bloody Samsung. Steve? <laughs> <laughs> so, so something following the pattern. 
Um, I'll, I'll go for the Oppo. Um, it's a bit pricey, but uh, you, you get what you pay for. It's well built. I mean, it won't, I'm not saying it's going to look better than any other um, Blu-ray player, but uh, you know, you get um, really good build quality. You get um, loads of features. You can also modify it very easily for a multi-region playback. So um, I'll go for the Oppo BDP 103. Phil. Okay. What was your DVD player of the year? I've only seen one. Go on. <laughs> I've only seen one AVR, but he's talking about the <laughs> oh. uh, Let's move on. St uh, streamers. Who wants oh, to jump in? I'd say Roku again. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Roku, 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 Roku. Well, Roku. actually, I'll, I'll oh, back you up on that one because I went and bought a Roku 3 and it's been one of the best boxes I've had. So uh, I'd have to agree with you on on that one. Uh, Steve, any preference here? I mean, I know you were a big Apple TV uh Advocate. I've got Apple TV, but it's not um, it's not something I'd recommend to most people unless you live in a very you know your home is a is an Apple uh, sorry <laughs> Apple ecosystem. Um, the flight TV does AirPlay and it does anything you want really to be honest. But yeah, you don't yeah, need, yeah, you don't need yeah, an Apple yeah, TV. Yeah, you don't, and, and it is limited. Um, I I use it basically because it's easy to um, use with unblockers for US access to Netflix. So that's all I got it for. Yeah. Streaming wise, though, um, I'm trying to think. Uh, there's been quite a lot of multi-room systems that have come out this year. Um, I know Mark's seen Samsung and LG. I've seen uh, Samsung and also Simple Audio. Uh, right, and finally, let's move on to uh, to headphones. Um, Edward. Do I get to choose a headphone and an earphone, or does it have to just be one? Oh, you would want to, wouldn't you? Go on. Right, headphone, Oppo's PM1. Just an extraordinary product. Quite why they decided to take a break from making Blu-ray players and make a pair of headphones, I've no idea, but they made a truly amazing pair of headphones. I think the answer um, to that might be the Blu-rays on the way out, as you've pointed this out. This is true, but why? But why? It's, it's not. It's not a logical product jump, is it? No. Um, but nonetheless, they are sensationally good. In ear, I reviewed two amazing pairs of in ears. The best sounding were the crazily named Noble Kaiser K10s but they were a £1,000 and they did a couple of things that annoyed me a little bit. So the best is the Sennheiser IE800 because they sounded 90% as good and they are no more difficult to live with than any other pair of earphones you've ever, ever used. They are just peerless. They look quite and cool as well. They, yeah, they, they, you know, little ceramic bodies and the rest of it. They are just magnificent. I, I have on occasions actually thought about handing over my own money for a pair but actually earlier today i had to buy a washing machine so you know <laughs> there you go they? that's life in a, in a nutshell how much are they at they're yours for six well the list is 600 they are available for a bit less than that um i'm not going to pretend for a second that's not a stupid amount of money to spend on earphones but back when i reviewed it I, and in the copy as, as well if you're a commuter and you spend more time on the train listening to music than you do sat at home listening to music, you would be mad to spend more money on speakers than than on those earphones. It's as simple as that. What Are you having saying? a piss? Hey, <laughs> somebody pissed. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I couldn't be bothered to go to the toilet, so I'm just using this glass. Just oh, that's better. <laughs> Damn your eyes, I'm going piss now, you bastard. <laughs> and we're good to go. Right, I, I was think... just pouring out some more wine, actually. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you were, but I still need to piss, you arsehole. Right, um, I think after 58 minutes of recording, uh, that wraps up the hard riff. <laughs> <laughs> Thank <laughs> you.
Right, uh, time for games news and uh, Mark, we've got a games podcast out at the moment. What's uh, what's in it? Yep, uh, well, we recorded pretty much straight after the, the PlayStation event in Las Vegas, um, which came with various trailers and announcements, and that obviously was hot on the heels of the Games Awards, which had a few different gameplay trailers and the like. Um, big ones, obviously, things like uh, Uncharted, we got to see a bit more of that, the same of The Order, um, No Man's Sky... Uh, strangely, we, we stumbled upon a conversation about the secret footballer. I'm not fully sure how we got there. Um, but other than that, uh, Daisy, um, Niall was lamenting how long it's taking. And also, Leon had a few kind of bones to pick with the Master Chief collection, which thus far has had some, should we say, connectivity issues. Okay, so if people want more information, uh, they can go and download, uh, af- obviously after listening to this masterpiece of a podcast, they can go and download the games podcast. They haven't listened to it already, of course, as I believe many thousands have. Well, if people haven't already listened to the games podcast, of course, as many thousands have. You're drunk, aren't you? I thought that, I thought that was the idea. And most <laughs> We're all drunk. Right. Well, except Phil. Oh, what have I let myself in for you? I'm like, what? what? What are you talking about? <laughs> no, we were saying go and listen to the podcast, the Games podcast, but people might have already listened to it. You ought to credit people the intelligence that they wouldn't go and listen to it again. <laughs> it's, it's well, I, I have already downloaded it and listened to it, but Phil just said go and listen to it. Yeah. What, it's uh, like what the, I what meant mean was... Like in men's toilets with the... The numbers have been quite hands. good this month for the Games podcast. <laughs> if we had an actual AV forums user called Many Thousands, that would be brilliant because we could say that Many Thousands <laughs> <laughs> have viewed or listened to or basically consumed whatever content we did. Well, we were up to 15 listeners last week, but I think the state of this podcast will probably lose them all. I'm off to create a, a secondary user account called <laughs> Many Millions. <laughs> if you say it quickly... <laughs> Uh, but he's Scottish, isn't he? <laughs> <laughs> and he likes curly whirlies. Oh, the magic word. Is it one word or two? One this word. Is the ma- magic this Scottish is word no... was murder. Murder. <laughs> Been a murder. Murder. Or the co-op good with food. Little laugh. Anything else you want me to say? No. She fine. can I take it? She can I take it. It sounds too good. You'll never take our freedom. You may take our lives, but you'll never take our freedom. And that's games news. <laughs> <laughs> So, Steve, you went to the cinema, and what did you see? Well, Phil, as the music probably has given away to anyone who's seen it, I saw the last of the Hobbit films, The Battle of the Five Armies. Bittersweet experience for me, really, because um, I, I'm a big fan of Lord of the Rings movies. I really, really enjoyed them. They were brilliant, and I've had very mixed feelings about the Hobbit films, um, aside from the obvious fact that, that they didn't need to be three, and there's an awful lot of obvious padding, particularly in the first two. Um I just found it to be a really disappointing experience, actually. I, I just felt it, bizarrely, it could done with another half an hour. Despite <laughs> <laughs> yeah. what I just said. Because there's loads of like characters just disappear and there's loads of loose ends. Nothing's tidied up. You just keep thinking, I know they're going to have all this in the extended cut come November, so what a waste of time sticking this and watching this. Also, I remember last year when I was talking about the second film, The Desolation of Smaug, saying, like, why didn't it end with the dragon being killed instead of the dragon buggering off to attack Lake Town? And, and, and sure enough, the dragon is probably attacked Lake Town and is killed before the main credit title comes up yeah. for the Battle of the Five Armies. So 
That's kind a spoiler. Of like, spoiler. Uh, not really a spoiler, because... You spoiled it for me. Yeah, you've just ruined it for me. I've just yeah, finished those ruined, those I've I've it. I, yeah. I just well, finished I'm the Desolation. I've seen the second film, so if you thought that Brad was going to survive, we'll fool you. I haven't read the books yet. The book. Killed you, Doing my Christmas. No, it, it just, um, I just, I, I struggle with, it's over, over-designed, so all three films, they're over-designed, so there's lots of stupid-looking design in it that's just n- unnecessary, um, which I think is just a function of having too much money and too much time. It's got way, way too much CG. Um, I know it was, I'm not saying there wasn't a lot of CG in the original films, but it was done in a way that seemed more realistic. This is just, it looks really fake. The whole thing looks fake all the time. Too much CG, if too much silly design. I more, it's an unrealistic orc. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, no, I mean, no, but you say that, Ed, but in the original films, the orcs were blokes in, you know, yeah, suits, know. makeup. Being, now it's these CG easy. stuff all the time. It's, like, it's just suffering from a severe case of George Lucasisms. I've where... got to say, you know, talking about the orc, there was a, and I think I sent you the link to it, and I might put the link in the um, in, in, in the show notes um, underneath this podcast, but uh, Saturday Night Live did a, did a whole Hobbit versus The Office pun play about sketch type thing which was hilarious and and the guy dressed up as an orc in that looked better than what i've seen in both the films i've seen so far yeah yeah no it, it's they they started using cg for all the orcs which was unnecessary because the makeup was great in the first uh, the, the original lord of the rings films it, it just it just um it lacked any of the magic that they, they i mean they got it they really nailed it with the, those original films you know they were hugely successful they were critically acclaimed they won a boatload of oscars everyone loved them these you- ones I've made money, don't get me wrong, but given that he's spent nearly a billion dollars making them, they aren't going to make that much money for the studios. But involved. the problem was, that, or, you know, I see it as a problem, Lord of the Rings, he had producers who yeah, were, to do. were pushing him all the time and say, no, too long, not too long, cut it down, make it slicker, blah, blah, blah. This time around, nobody dare get in his way. And, it, yeah. and the same was with King Kong, you know, cut an hour out of that and it, and it would have been a really slick movie and it, and it would have been probably a modern masterpiece but it's just too over overly long overly bloated and I've seen both the Hobbit films now same thing you know that could have been one yeah. movie maybe two movies maximum. they could have done two movies they could have been two two and a half hour films it would have been tight it would have been fun They'd, and they could have still worked in some stuff to tie it in with Lord of the Rings more and that would have been great but they just they've been greedy three films and they just blow there's a whole section for you've seen Destination of Smell the whole, the whole section where the dwarves are fighting the dragon they make that big giant gold dwarf that's just pure filler yeah, they could have cut that whole sequence out and had the dragon attack Lake Down, Lake Town, and have the end of that film being Bilbo looking at the burning yep. city and saying, "What have we done?" That would have been a great way of ending it. Uh, and then the, the Netflix film starts off with you know, the, the aftermath of all that. But um, for some reason, and this is what really struck me as being unusual, was that the whole of Battle of Farmers just felt rushed. They felt like they were rushing. There was cut, there was loads of stuff cut out. Things didn't make any sense. Bayon, who's a big character in, in the second film. He's in it for, I'm not kidding, 22 seconds. I mean, you will blink and miss him if you're not careful. Same with um, Radagast the Brown. You know, he turns up for about five seconds. You know, you kind of think like, well, there's loads of stuff missing here. Uh, and you kind of felt like, why didn't you just give us the full film? To, you know, given this is meant to be the end of the whole thing, it's this last Middle Earth movie, it ties everything together. Just, it was a disappointment in that sense. I mean, I, I gave it eight out of 10 because I think for fans, it'll, they'll probably enjoy it. And there's lots of stuff in there that people, and there's lots of stuff in it that's good, by the way. I mean, I think Thorin, his character has some really good stuff in it. Um, but Legolas, I mean, Legolas is borderline, you know, there's a scene where he's jumping on bricks. It's, it's basically like watching um, Super Mario. 
Um, it's ridiculous. Uh, and and he, I don't know how much actual shooting London Blue did. I think maybe he did about five minutes and then the rest of it was just motion capture and, and CG because half time his character is just CG. Um, and still manages to look really old compared to his previous <laughs> incarnation. Um, it, I just, uh, it was, for me, it was disappointing. I just felt like it, it could have been better. And it kept constantly trying to remind you of Return of the King. There were scenes that were just almost exactly the same, um, but not as good. And there was a whole love seek love relationship between Tariel the elf and, and uh, uh, Killy the dwarf that just doesn't, doesn't ring true at all. So mm. I, I thought that was again, kind of staged in, in the second film. It yeah, like, again, it's filler. It was, it yeah. was just forced, yeah. unnecessary. Yeah. Um, it's like someone said to them, well, you need a love interest in here. Yeah. Really? Do you? Yeah. Don't think you do. So, so basically, Jackson's done a Lucas. That's what we're saying. Done a total Lucas. Yeah, done a total Lucas. I mean, he's, te- he's saying now that he's finished with Middle Earth. He's going to start doing small scale films, more like Heavenly Creatures or Bad Taste and stuff like that. I hope I, that's true. I, 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 I don't know. think he can because I think he's lost the art of telling stories. Yeah, I, I, well, he's, they've I, certainly lost. Yeah, they have. They, I, I think he's lost the ability to I, A, edit himself, B, Radian is, you know, I mean, it's all great to have, you know, a big box of toys to play with, but you've got to edit yourself and you've got to look at things and think well, is that is that sensible it's a bit where there's some troll who's got no arms and legs just like stumps with balls at the yeah. end of them i mean it's, it's like it's like editing this podcast you know you've got to know you know it might it might be gold <laughs> unlikely but it might be but it's known when it has to go on on the cutting room floor and and what what stays in and what has to go and there's none of that it's like everything has to be on the screen and i think he's fallen in love with uh, what it is that he's doing here, and he wants it to be on the screen. He, what, he, he can't throw anything away. He can't be objective and say that's going to ruin, you know, the pacing of, of a scene. It, it, it's like he wants to play with it all, and he wants to put it all up on the screen. Right? Okay. So, um, avoid. Is that what you're saying? Or, or no, what? no. If you're obviously if you're a fan, you're going to go and see it, and you'll probably enjoy it. But uh, if you're not a fan, I don't. I suspect you're not going to go anyway. So it's, I, it's I guess the, the the big plus point here is HFR is it's finally dead. Um, nobody, yeah, seems no, to have been killed nicely. No, nobody else is doing it. I'm happy. Right, let's move yeah. on. Uh, it is the Christmas special, so we're going to do a bit of a Christmas quiz uh, before he has to go and uh, uh, rein in uh, his battling children. Um, Mark, you are quiz master for this. Uh, tell us what it's about and what are the questions. Right, these are, these, oh God, Jesus, we have to be quick. Uh, okay, <laughs> this is uh, Christmas gifts or gifts from uh, toys from your childhood that you might have got at Christmas that might be worth a few bob or not. So we're going to have a very quick quiz um, and we'll start with gaming systems. So your guesses, please, and instant guesses. Uh, Nintendo Entertainment System, also known as the NES, released in 1985. Guess. 70 quid. It's all about condition, isn't it? Mint in box. Mint, yeah, some, obviously mint. Uh, well, that's, mint that's in box. Yeah, 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 five, 500 quid for it. Ed mint, in box. mint in box. Mint in box. Let's assume all this is mint in box. It's 485 for Edwin's. Original Game Boy. Ten a penny these were. How much were it worth now? 250 in box. Mark. Uh, mint in box, 500. Ooh, Mark wins a thousand pounds. Only if it's got motocross maniacs, though, surely. No, 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 no. Minute in box. A thousand. <laughs> You've got pounds. to test the screen. That's the thing. The screen's on the old Game Boys. Yeah, do you go. You, you get the line down the side. You've got to assume it's working, Mark. That, that's the yeah. whole thing. Atari VCS 2600, the original uh, uh, Atari game system. Oh, uh, well, 600. Mark. I, I'm going to go lower. I'm going to go probably like 300 or something. Ed. I'm going to split them 500 quid. Seventy-five pounds. Apparently, you can get these very easily. They're, they're they all were, over the place. Yeah, they were. They were but you really could pick your working systems are seventy-five quid. 
Yes, I, I gave one away to a charity shop because they were so cheap. Although if you have a copy of Gamma <laughs> Attack, you can expect something like... Not that you like to talk pack. about your charity work, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> I do a lot of work with the community. You spent how much, Mark? <laughs> uh, £50,000. £50,000. $1,000? For, for what? a copy of Gamma Attack. There was only a three ever ever, ever, ever made, apparently. If you're the charity shop that I gave that to, please hand <laughs> yeah, it back. Please, please, please. get back in touch. Please get in touch. Oh, okay. There's only so much mind. I can do. Crossfire. Do you remember Crossfire? The game where you just shot um, sort of silver marbles at each other into, into a goal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> mint, mint inbox. 80 quid. Mm, good. Mark? Oops, 50 quid. <laughs> Ed? 81 quid. <laughs> oh, don't play that Price is <laughs> Right game. Quiz Master's fault, Steve. 40 shillings. 40 shillings. £100. Right, now Luke Skywalker with a double telescoping lightsaber. And I had one of these. I was, double I was, telescoping? Yeah, yeah. So this it was a limited release because because the, um, the, um, the manufacturers didn't really gauge the... The success that these things would have. The, the original, the original Luke Skywalker was released with with this double um, telescoping lightsaber. So it was basically just a plastic rod with another plastic rod. You, you sort of activated with a lever. Um, and I definitely had one of these. Now tell me, it what comes it's out of the arm. No, it comes out. There's like a thick, the thick bit of the. Is lightsaber. it like what Darth Maul? It's a bit. Dirty, it's a bit like a, it's a bit like a, a dog's penis. Um, <laughs> if you imagine that. How much is that worth? Please tell me. Why are you keeping your what, voice down? Penis or, or <laughs> no. It's probably worth a horrendous amount of money. There's clear, there's clear frustration and anger in your voice. I'm sure it's yeah, not just yeah. two, thirteen hundred quid. Okay, Ed, uh, Phil. Why are you whispering? Because the kids are here. <laughs> oh, they talk about um, dogs' penises. Ed, <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Bob, that's not. Three hundred and fifty. I think uh, 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 two hundred. Okay, Mark. Two hundred and forty-nine. A thousand pounds. A thousand pounds. And so's Han Solo with a blaster, which I also had, but I lost the blaster early on. So I'm not quite. Thousand pounds as well, is he? Uh, about that. Jawas with the uh, with the original. yeah the final cloak Jawas. The final bonus, cloak Jawas. Bonus question. Don't tell. One. Don't tell me because I know I had one of them. Vinyl cloak or cloth? I had all these. Oh, actually, probably just cloth. Actually, yeah, with the vinyl. The vinyl ones. cloak. I had a vinyl uh, one. Uh, well, the vinyl ones was eighteen thousand dollars. Yes, how so much? There's <laughs> also See, usually we just kind of think you'd be tempted to say, you know, well, you're a child, you had the enjoyment out of it. Yeah. But if, even if you work it out on an hourly level, nah. you still think, I wish I'd just kept it in the packet. Yeah. Also, no. the original Boba Fett with the launchable rocket and his backpack. I had that too. They, no, they, no, they, took that, they, they changed it to 2000. a non-launchable one because it was a choke hazard and Correct. have kids' eyes out and stuff. That's worth a shitload of money as yeah. well. Again, I had that because I sent off for it in a four-in-one pack when I got my Luke Skywalker, Skywalker with double telescoping lightsaber. <laughs> And I got both of them in one pack, and it cost about seven ninety five. And I've given them both away, and I don't know where they are. Oh, so no one tells me how much pieces. He-Man figures are worth these I days. Don't, I didn't look at that. I didn't look it at that. It depends. You know, I chewed them, so you know. Well, that's your prerogative. Yeah. <laughs> I ruined them. And then finally, right, because I really have to go. I don't know. My friend had this one, and this was Raving Bonkers, a.k.a. I've just sent you a link, a.k.a. Rock'em Sock'em Robots, which was like a... Oh, Rock'em Sock'em yeah. Robots, yeah. They Did were you awesome. have Rock'em Sock'em Robots? Yeah. Guess how much that is. Yeah, but now, hang on a second. Are we talking about an original 60s edition or what? Because they've been sep- making them for 20, 20-something years. It was 70s, wasn't it? There are oh, American 70s. ones which are older than that. Oh, right, okay. But anyway, go on, tell yeah, me. I'll go for 800 quid. Okay, Ed. <laughs> 
Um, if it's one of the original ones in 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 mint condition, I'd easily fifteen hundred quid. I thought something crazy like that. Um, fourteen hundred and ninety nine pounds. A <laughs> hundred thousand. About fifty quid. Nothing. I'd be surprised with that. It was worth very little. Even they were the poor man's condition. hungry, hungry hippos. Anyway. Well, I think it was, How it much was is the mint condition. Don't you mean ravenous, ravenous rhinos? <laughs> 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 and on that note, I'll bid you good night and a Merry Christmas, folks. Bye. Bye. Uh, Merry Christmas. I just like the idea of him just putting his headset down and going, Right! <laughs> <laughs> I like to think that he's got like a, an oak beam that he bars the door with. Once they find the battering ram, he knows he's oh, got like, ten minutes. Like, like sentry guns in Alien. <laughs> you know, they just count down to zero shots. <laughs> and that's it. He's just got some <laughs> no, nerfs. No, he's, got, he's got the motion detector. He's like, three so, metres, they're inside the room. <laughs> I can't talk about dogs' penises. <laughs> that was quite funny. I was looking up old... Um, oh, uh, Withers, oh, you've Withers, you've gone there. You've gone uh, North Korea, of course. You've been back. pouring wine on your microphone again. I uh, bet you that Bond's found a new f***ing villain. <laughs> <laughs> uh, right, moving on. Uh, Blu-ray's released next week if you're in the mood for movies i'm guessing uh, don't bother buying blu-rays steve uh no um <laughs> yes yeah, moribund format it's finished don't bother at all uh no what they've got out next week uh two films neither of which i've seen by the way both of which didn't look particularly good in their trailers uh one is sex tape with cameron diaz and jason siegel and the other one is let's be cops with marlon wayans and the other guy out of um a uh, new girl whose name escapes me right now. But um, yeah, I would, I'd probably give them wide berth if I was you. Save your money up. Spend it in the new year on something good like Boyhood. Yeah. Um, or enter competitions and win stuff. Uh, we've got quite a few competitions on at the minute. Uh, why don't you go through them, Steve? Well, as 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 same as last week for two of them, it's X Air Spaces, which as Ed pointed out, are quite handy little spaces for getting air around your uh, hi-fi or AV equipment <laughs> so they don't overheat. Um <laughs> That competition ends on 20th of December, so this goes out on 19th. You've got one more day left, one more day to get in that competition, but they're quite handy. Apparently, Ed was talking about quite a lot. No, no, it's quite, joking aside, you have to stack your equipment, really quite a useful thing to have, no question. Also got Eat, Sleep, Live, AV stand, Um, so a nice big AV stand for all your equipment. Uh, (laughs) Big, you've seen my stand, that's a tiddler. Uh, yeah, okay. Well, unless you've got a custom-built one that's the size of an entire room, <laughs> <laughs> like Ed has. <laughs> but those of us who live in a, you know, in a, in a more... Ed, Ed so. does yours have a built-in beer fridge? No, I do have a beer fridge. I thought you might. Um, I mean, ironically, that's the only reason that I have not one at the moment, but two isotech mains conditioner things, because <laughs> otherwise you get a click from the beer fridge compressor <laughs> that goes through the speakers are on in the system. So well, by I the simple of... expedient of adding £3,600 worth of mains conditioning, that problem has been dealt with. Talk, talk about first world problems. <laughs> the click from the beer fridge. And if you hear this noise, that's Ed removing the catheter. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah, the competition going on. Uh, that, so that competition ends on the 5th of January. So you've got a bit of time yet on that one. But um, again... Worth winning, I think, for anyone who's got a TV and some AV equipment. They want it put nice and kind of tidily in the corner of their uh, their lounge. We've also got a Samson BDF5100 Blu-ray player, plus three Blu-rays. Um, I'm glad to hear that they're Blu-rays. 
uh, given what you guys are saying earlier. Uh, we've got uh, basically a, a triple bill of Tarantino movies. We've got True Romance, which is a great film, uh, worth having in itself. Pulp Fiction, worth having again. And Inglourious Bastards, which is also a good movie. So three really great Tarantino movies there. Um, he didn't direct True Romance, but he did write it. It was directed by the late Tony Scott, God rest his soul. Uh, that also ends on the 5th of January. And then we've got the Sound Magic E10. Uh, S- do you want me E-10. to do this one uh, on account um, of Which that. ends on the 5th of February. Ed, over to you. Um, now, I've never reviewed the E10S for AV forums, uh, but I have listened to them, used them a lot. I Obviously, I've said all the things about Shure SE112, and I stand by those things. Nonetheless, this is a cracking pair of earphones for under 50 quid. So the idea of getting a pair for free, uh, that's that's got to be worth putting some money in for. They are unreasonably good for the money. And it looks like they now have a remote control looking at the picture, which has got to be worth something. So if you are one of those irritating assholes that absolutely has to take a phone call at any given point in your life, that's the one that you need rather than the sure. So get entering for that bad boy. Okay, so uh, that's the the good quality competitions. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I believe, <laughs> congratulations, might be in order um, for Chris Cox, uh, for Remember Lion, uh, because of what, Steve? He's a lucky man who won a signed copy, signed by me, I should say that, <laughs> not... not <laughs> not not Whoopi Goldberg. Did you sign your name or just draw a big crudely drawn cock in <laughs> <laughs> There was no phallus involved at all. I wrote on it, dear Chris. I hope you enjoy this utter rubbish. All my love, Steve. Uh, no, I just put. <laughs> um, um, yes, he's won well, the signed copy of Theodore Rex DVD, which I posted to him on Monday. Uh, we're recording this on Wednesday, and uh, he actually mentioned today he got it, so he's got it ready for Christmas. Uh, how's that for Christmas present? I like Sign to copy think of Theodore Rex. Stood, sat in front of his television. You know, like the Nazis melted in Raiders of the Lost Ark. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Literally just turned it on. And just going, <laughs> just falling apart. Uh, and that's it, sadly, or gladly, whichever way you look at it. Uh, brings to the end our Christmas special AV Forums podcast. Uh, my thanks to Steve Withers. Merry New Year. Mark Botwright. How much for the gun? And Ed Selly. When I was a kid, if we wanted bubbles, we had to fart in the tub. Don't forget, you can follow us on Twitter and Facebook, bookmarkavforums.com for latest reviews, news and video. And you can also leave us a rating on iTunes if you enjoyed the show. I'm Phil Hinton wishing you a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. And don't forget to follow us at CES from the 5th of January on the forums. Keep an eye on the homepage uh, for all the videos, interviews, written pieces, uh, everything coming from Vegas. And we're back again on the podcast on the 14th of January. Until then, like I say, Merry Christmas, Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Crazy Kwanzaa, etc. Hello, this is Stuart and Vicky Wright, the founders of AV Forums, and we'd like to take this opportunity to, first of all, wish the editorial team from the home cinema section, Phil, Steve, Mark and Ed, on tech, Greg, at the movies, Simon, Kaz and Chris, and playing games, Mark, Stephen, Leon, Manny, Niall, Stee and James. To all of you, very Merry Christmas. Thank you very much indeed for the fantastic content that you've produced for AV Forums this year. We love it. Very entertaining and very, very useful. Thank you, guys. Um, next, it's the moderators who keep AV Forums running smoothly with particular shout out to the classified mods and the general chat mods who have extra special work to do thank you very much one and all 
to the advertising team headed up by John and to all of our sponsors who've supported AB Forums this year. You help us pay the bills. Thank you very much indeed. We very much appreciate your support. And lastly, uh, to the folks without whom AB Forums wouldn't be the uh, community that we are so proud of. The members, thank you very much indeed um, for visiting and supporting and posting on AV Forums. Um, we hope that you enjoy the site and 2015 we're going to continue to work hard to give you a site that you want to come back to. So to everybody, Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. <laughs>